like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I've got a big surprise for you listeners. More great music for you here today for Song of the Soul. That and a lot of wonderful depth and soul from a Canadian musician, John Brooks. I could blather on about his style, folk, and his lyrics, profound and power-packed, but it's better just to get John on the line and let you see for yourselves. Right after, I mention that there will absolutely be some awesome bonus excerpts on the NorthernSpiritRadio.org website that won't fit in this broadcast. And please, post a comment when you visit. Right now, we'll go to the phone to join John Brooks in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. John, I'm so very pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. I am so thankful that Josh Dunson connected me up with you and your music. The stuff that I know you're going to share today is just awesome. When is your new album supposed to come out? Uh, The radio date is October 28th, but I'm actually picking the things up right after this interview. Oh, okay, because you're going to take them with you on your tour that you're taking off for just shortly. That's the plan, and I can't wait. From your lyrics, I get the idea that you're rather literate. You have a wide range of historical and cultural references in your song, far beyond the norm. So what was your background before you became a famous folk rock singer? I was a musician all my life, but I played drums at an early age. My father was a professional drummer for 25 years. I taught myself piano. Eventually, I went and did the Royal Conservatory They try to ruin musicians as much as they can, but I I managed to survive that and teach myself, you know, improvising and blues and that kind of thing on the piano. And I went to Humber College just outside of Toronto in the early 90s. I wanted to be Thelonious Monk. I, I wanted to learn jazz piano, but thankfully I learned fairly soon into it that I was too old to be taking that up at that time. I mean, guys like Oscar Peterson, they were they were practicing 18 hours a day when they were 12. Anyway, I bought a Hammond organ, some other keyboard instruments, and I joined a rock band in the early 90s. And that, like so many first loves, uh, it had to die. And so around 1995, I guess it was, I quit music. I met a girl, and we, we moved to Poland to teach English, and I started going to school, did a lot of traveling, and bought a guitar somewhere along the line. 
anyway, basically, I discovered that I wanted to be a songwriter and I wanted to do it with a guitar. And I came back to Toronto in the late 90s to do this. And I applied away at it for about a year before realizing that this kind of music, unlike the rock band stuff, for this kind of music, I need to immerse myself in some kind of tradition part literary tradition, part religious tradition, and of course, lots of musical traditions that I had no ideas about. So I, I put the guitar up and let it collect dust for about seven or eight years while I went and got a proper education. It was an English degree that I was working away at. Aha. Uh-huh. I knew that was in there somewhere. I knew it. So, you know, it's a weird, long, winding path, right? But the truth is, is that I, I don't know that the kind of music that I'm interested in doing, I, I couldn't have written these songs as a younger man. So that's okay with me. I mean, I'm not writing pop songs. So, see, here's the thing. I can't help but feel like I'm part of this very antiquated class of songwriters that still believes that a song should and must mean something. That sounds maybe a bit cynical, but man, I feel like we're, I don't know if we're a minority, but it's its getting harder and harder to find a song that is told with sincerity, directness, and that has something in it that reflects us who we are and where, we, and where we're at currently. In order to do such a thing, you got to read a lot of books. So I finally did that, and I for a while there, I didn't even want to get back into music. In fact, that's another story. But eventually, I came back to the guitar and realized I'm going to reach a lot more people a lot faster with a three-and-a-half-minute song than I am with a 330-page novel. So I committed myself to it in 2006 when my first CD came out. And today, my fifth CD comes out. How cool is that? Give us an example of your music. Let's get started with your Song of the Soul. What would you like to start with, John? I'd like to start with There Is Only Love because I think at the root of what I'm trying to do is this idea that not only do I love the audience and I love humanity for better or worse, I believe that any kind of a song that is in fact finished is a form of a love song, you know, if it's any good. This song kind of spells that out in a a succinct and direct manner, which I like, and I think it's a good introduction to what I do. We are the earth And we are its soil We are seeds We are gifts to the soil We are hopes Blood and bone That we're never alone That is to say That there is only love We are the air That sings through the trees We are each other And we are on our knees We are the mystery And the wind In our beauty and suffering That is to say That there is only love That is to say That there is only love And we are fire And sometimes we are light We are passions That sometimes love right And we are brick We are mortar We'll be ashes tomorrow That is to say That there is only love 
That is to say That there is only love song is There Is Only Love by John Brooks, who's here with us today for Song of the Soul. It's from his CD, Moth Nor Rust, which all of you know that's a reference to Matthew 6.20. Of course, that was off on the top of your head. Was that on the top of your head? Uh, is that why you named the album that? Or maybe you can cite Bible verses like that, huh? I can't. I cannot cite Bible verses. I'm fascinated by the Bible because I was raised in a small country town in the, in the 60s and 70s called King City, Ontario. When I was growing up, it had that small town feel to it. And along with that small town feel was a very small town understanding of Christianity in the small town Protestant church, you know. And I grew up in what we call in Canada the United Church. And the closest thing to the United Church in the States might be maybe the Unitarians, maybe... And that, I'm sorry, that analogy doesn't work because nobody knows what a Unitarian is anymore. <laughs> yes, they do. If they, As long as they listen to Garrison Keillor, they know. He makes jokes about Unitarians all the <laughs> I, time. I love playing to the Unitarian audience because they're impossible to offend. They either believe in nothing or they believe in everything. And they're a great audience for that reason. Anyway, the United Church... There's another church in the States that this came from. It was um, Methodism. That's what it is. That's probably the closest example. But there is a vast difference in subject matter in the United Church in King City, Ontario, as opposed to a downtown Toronto United Church, which has done all kinds of things for social justice issues, gay rights. They provide shelter to war resistors. I mean, they're a real subversive kind of Christianity, which I like. But this is not what I was brought up with. And basically what I'm trying to say is, is that by the time I was 20-something, I knew nothing about any kind of organized religion coming from this background. <laughs> and if you're going to be an English major, you need to brush up on your Christianity 101. Otherwise, half of it's going to be meaningless. So I was lucky enough. One of my many jobs that I had before I was a musician was I worked in a bookstore, and it was a theological bookstore. And it was run and operated by the Anglican Church of Canada, which in the States is the Episcopalians. And I did that for eight years and basically gave myself a theological education. So Mothma Rust, the album, I wanted to do, it was my third CD, and I had just finished an album of war stories, Ours and the Shepherds, 
which comes from a Dorothy Day quote. You can imagine what it would be like touring around for a year or two doing nothing but Canadian war stories. Uh, you get tired of the dreary, I think, illiterate question, do you sing any happy songs? But in part, you have to admit that, though it might not be the proper question, it's still an issue anyway. And I was still learning at that time how to be more well-rounded. Songwriters can't get up there and sing about one dark subject after another. There has to be a spectrum of tones and expressions and moods. So I was really ready for an album of healing songs, songs that were hopeful, and songs that I, I linked them together on Moth and the Rust by I wanted to write songs about the aspects that were most human about us. And these tended to be also the things that were not tangible you know, all that neither Moth nor Rust can touch. So the songs on that album were about inspiration, memory, courage, faith, love, of course, was at the top of the list, fear. And the theme of the album was that inner world. And with that, to accompany that idea, that, that intangible idea, I, I recorded it all just solo acoustic without any kind of production, just as I play live. I'm all over the map musically, and that's okay. But in each and every one of the people that I love musically, there's always something I feel is either too much of this or not enough of this. You know, I mean, I, I like Steve Earle, but there's things that Steve Earle does that I never, ever want to do. That, <laughs> you know? But that was exactly who I, when I was listening to the last song, I said, oh, Steve Earle, you should get up there and do a duet with him of some sort. That's the name that came to me first. Yeah, I mean, I listened to a lot of Springsteen when I was younger, too. And I'm really not for me to say, I don't think, but I, I suspect I'm slowly getting out of his clutches, at least as an influence. But he was one of those first times where I saw, I saw him live at Massey Hall in Toronto in 1996. And it was solo. It was the Tom Joad tour. That was one of those moments in life where it's like, okay, this is what, this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since you want to do it, we better do some more of that. How about some more music? Let's let people hear the Tom Joad music from John Brooks, huh? Yes. Mercy sums it up very well, I think. The album that comes from is a 2012 release called Delicate Cages. The album is a collection of songs loosely thematically related by the ideas of freedom and imprisonment, love and fear. And Mercy is the one song that offers a key to pretty much all the cages that I can think of. It's also, I think, a song about getting older. I'm not sure I've written a better song. I like how compact this one is. I love the melody, and I love the sincerity of it. This is one moment where I achieve what I always try to do in songs, and that's be sincere without being earnest. It's Mercy by John Brooks. Oh, I used to... Admire most a melody And what it could do With love and words And I used to Admire most the poet who With a pen untangled This world into verse And I used to admire All I thought was profound I plagiarized the prophets and the saints Ah, but now Now that I'm older Oh, it's mercy That I admire most Ah, oh, it's mercy 
And I waited out my low youth for a fallow spectacle. In line, sneaking round coliseums. And I marched in the trench under fame's soft fist clenched. And I paid all the scalpers just to see them. Ah, but now, now that I'm older. The peer of heart that will one thing, and I admire the steady in their routine, and I admire decision and the mind that endures it, and those who speak though they be shamed, and I admire all the. Voices for the voiceless, and the man standing in the path of tanks. Ah, but now, now that I'm older, oh, it's mercy that I admire most. Ah, it's mercy. John Brooks is here today for Song of the Soul. Mercy was that song. John is spelled J-O-N. John Brooks. And you can find the link on northernspiritradio.org. Johnbrooks.ca is his website because he is a Canadian. Johnbrooks.ca. Beautiful, light, upbeat song. And I loved everything you said in the song. It's just as you said, John. My question that I was sitting with at the end was, when have you, John Brooks, experienced or given, witnessed firsthand mercy? There are obvious and heroic and terrifying moments in life where you see mercy. But there are small, tiny little acts of mercy, too, that happen more on a daily basis. The song came at me from a lot of different directions, but one instance at a folk festival out in uh, Vancouver Island a couple of years ago was where it really popped into my head, where, where I really knew how to finish this idea. And it was a moment where I went for a run before the folk festival. So I got up early in the morning, and it was this beautiful day in the in, in, in Vancouver Island. Any, any of your listeners have ever been to Vancouver Island, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a special place. Along the road, I don't know how far ahead of me, but it, it felt like about half a mile ahead of me, I saw an Indian kid on his bike, he looked like he'd been shot or something. He was hunched over on this bicycle, and he weaved into the middle of this road, this two-lane highway, and he just collapsed. And then he went into a seizure. And there was nobody else, nobody around. I was just going for a jog, and I knew that in about three minutes, I'd be where he was on the road. Just slightly before I got there, the first car stopped that, that was there. And all the and basically what ended up happening was less than 10 minutes later, there were a small team of total strangers stopping everything in their day and doing what it is they do that could help this person. One person got out of her car and she was a nurse. Another guy got out of his car. He had the cell phone and, and he knew who to call for the first responders. 
There was another woman had a blanket to put over him, and then there was another person that stopped who knew who he was and, and explained to us that he was an epileptic and he clearly was having a seizure. And that's all this was. It wasn't, and well, not that that's not serious, but you, and the idea came to me: when the human beast is not afraid, we're good. <laughs> we we will help each other. We want to help each other, but only when we're not afraid. And, and a thought occurred to me: if this happened in downtown Toronto subway. What would have happened? I wonder. I mean, we've all heard these stories in every city, and thankfully, it, usually the same thing happens, but not always as gracefully. Sometimes these days, you'll encounter people who just walk on by. They don't want any part of this. That's one of the events that was a seed to completing that song. If you just tuned in, I want to let you know that you're listening to Song of the Soul. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org, and that's O-R-G like in organic, not commercial. On our website, you can find up to nine years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, further information about them. You'll find comments others have posted, and it's wonderful when you post a comment when you visit. Make our communication two-way. There's also a place where you can click donate or an address you can send something to. It's by the grace and by your mercy that this program exists because it's full-time work with your help. But first of all, I want to encourage you to support your local community radio station. They provide a slice of news and music that you get nowhere else on the American landscape. I don't know, up in Canada, I can't speak firsthand there. But our guest is from Canada today. His name is John Brooks. I just got introduced to him this past week, and I'm loving what I'm hearing. Give us some more music, John. Keep us going on your Song of the Soul. Well, let's do one from Delicate Cages again, Because We're Free. This is a song where if, if you only had time for one song from me, I'd probably play you this one. And hopefully it's evident as to why I, I would say that. Let's do it, Because We're Free. I saw the earth open up under a satisfied sky. I saw the homes not flooded shrivel up in fire I saw them loot all the corpses and rape all the wives I saw the cops shoot themselves the law fall on its knives I saw an old man beaten as a young man watched well, the tourists of dread were taking pictures of it all I saw the prisons oozing out into a yellow-bodied street Into the ecstatic justice of vigilantes Why didn't God help? Why didn't he even try? Why didn't God help? Why didn't he even try? Baby, why? Baby, why? Baby, why? Baby, why? Because, my dear, because we're free. My dear, 
eyes were free I saw the luxury of anger I saw the ease of revenge I saw a little bit of grace When a man jumped instead I saw the parked marked towns From the mortars above Saw the people choosing fear Cause they wouldn't choose love I saw the hills white with limestone Around the city's edge The forests were littered with stolen shoes of the dead I saw the cursed man climbing up His lonely olive tree When the last nail went in I saw three women scream Why didn't God help? Why didn't he even try? Why didn't God help? Why didn't he even try? Baby, why? Baby, why? Baby, why, baby, why? Because, my dear, because we're free. Ah, but there is hope for this world. For this world, there is hope. Yes, there is hope for this world. For this world, there is hope. There is hope, there is hope, there is hope, there is hope, because my dear, because we're free, because my dear, because we're free. Another gem from John Brooks, Because We're Free, also from his CD, Delicate Cages. I feel an ache in that song, John. What was the ache in you that brought it forth? Yeah, it was an ache. It was an ache that had been going since, I, I'm going to say 9-11, a contemporary ache, particularly the ache that happens whenever you hear, well, if there was a God, how could he possibly let what goes, what, what's going on down here? Or how, uh, let me rephrase that. Basically, confirming their atheism or their, or, their, or their lack of faith in any kind of a God based on the suffering that was legion and that is legion. That, that causes my soul to ache, and it saddens me that people can't get around that thought. I'm not asking that everybody out there become some believer in whatever religion that speaks to them. That's not my aim. My aim, though, is, is for people to understand with a little more clarity the concept of free will. You, know, like, you, you can't have it both ways. And, and so basically that, that whole song is uh, it's breaking down the economics of the Christian doctrine of free will in a simple and direct 
and forceful a manner as I'm capable of. And it's not an easy, and it's not supposed to be an easy song to listen to. The idea there is, is that faith and trust, these things are not supposed to be easy. I think that that's a symptom of a sick age that wants things like, you know, faith, justice, love, these things, and they want them casually, they want them fast, and they want them easy. And that's just not the way it's supposed to be. It's not a song I can ever open a show with, <laughs> and it's, it's not even a song that makes it into the set list if I've only got 45 minutes with an audience. It's a song that requires a certain trust and bond to exist between the songwriter and audience. And so it, if and when I play it, it's usually near the end of the, a two-set night when they know they can trust me. And it takes some trust to listen to that, as you know now. The punchline or the payoff doesn't happen till four minutes in. In a nutshell, it is my understanding of the doctrine of free will. What would you like to share next for Song of the Soul? I would like to play an example of a song that doesn't require anything else other than the chorus. Sometimes the songwriters get... We, we don't consider with enough with our own songs with enough attention, and sometimes we forget that these are our songs, and we can play with the form of them any way we want. This song is called These Are Not Economic Hard Times. It sat around as a chorus for the longest time, and then I realized, well, that's simple. I'm done. <laughs> that's, I, my job was done after, I think, one minute and 40 seconds with this particular song. And it's something that, that has been driving me crazy for a long time. Similarly, it was uh, the same kind of impetus. It was just this ache. I am sick and sick and sick and tired of people coming up to me and using it as the excuse for everything. After 2008, I had had enough of people blaming everything on economic times when we all know that these are not economic times. These are, more accurately, the days after the days when we were robbed. That is the 99% of us. These are not economic hard times These are not economic hard times These are the days after the days These are the days after are not economic hard times but John Brooks the question I have John from that is where were you on the day we were robbed people think you know where was I when JFK died when the Challenger blew up when I first heard about 911 whatever it is where were you the day we were robbed unless we put that into a picture people don't carry it in consciousness I think we've seen it in our lives, but we we don't see it because unless you have someone like John Brooks there to put it into a song, 
people don't realize it. It doesn't crystallize. And maybe it's when I first saw a mortgage offered with zero down payment. Uh, yes, I see what you mean. Man, that's a, that, that's a good question. I'd have to think about that one. You know what it might be? And I think this is just in my bones now. But I'm going to say it was 1982, and I was getting ready to go to a hockey practice, and my dad just had his first heart attack. And then it wasn't that day. It was many months later when he was finally ready to go back to work, and they said, no, there's no job here for you. We, we can't have you working here. We, we can't risk you getting sick again. And back then, it, it was just a privately owned company, no union, and so he basically got told to go home. And that was that. That was a moment in our family. And so I, I would say that that's probably the day when I realized, maybe in a visceral way, not an overt way, that these are the days after the days when we were robbed. We hardly stand a chance in this world the way it's set up now, the corporatocracy, that is. That is from the CD that you'll be distributing, picking up later today and distributing as you go on tour for this coming month, The Smiling and Beautiful Countryside. That's where I live, here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Do you live by the smiling and beautiful countryside, or do you have to travel somewhere to get there? I generally have to travel to get to the smiling and beautiful countryside these days. I, I live in a really, really nice area of Toronto. I'm right by the water, and I live beside a dog park and a running trail. It's a beautiful spot in Toronto, but it, it, the smiling and beautiful countryside, it ain't. In fact, the idea behind that is, is that there almost really isn't such a thing, and it's a facetious title, especially when it doesn't take much to recognize pretty soon into the album that these are all murder ballads. The title I borrowed from Sherlock Holmes. Basically, Holmes and Watson have been uh, appointed this job to go solve a murder in the country, and Watson gets excited on the train saying, won't it be great to get out of the pollution and hustle of London and just breathe the country air for a while? And then, and then Sherlock, classic Sherlock, says, Watson, <laughs> the worst of human affairs happen under the, in, in the darkness behind the smiling and beautiful countryside. Something to, I'm paraphrasing Conan Doyle there, but that's where it comes from. Why an album about murder ballads that... That seems kind of a downer. I mean, I guess maybe your first album was all about wars. There's a dark side to John Brooks, I guess. I suppose. I don't feel unique in that. I think if we're all being honest with ourselves and we look at what's actually on HBO every Sunday, we would admit the fact that we are a society that is fascinated by murder and violence. The idea came to me kind of two-pronged. I'm married to a woman who works for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and her area there is television news. And there's a really fascinating computer program that they came up with at the CBC. On one screen, it shows you what everybody's watching the most of at any given moment. And inevitably, two stories are always at the top of about 200 stories. And it flip-flops. The computer pattern changes every second. But one and two always remain one and two, and it's either sports or murder. I was always interested in this subject, but this sort of gave me what I felt like a pretty good justification for this now that I realize, well, I'm not alone here, obviously. That's what everybody zeroes in on these days when they consume their news, however they do that. The second reason I wanted to do a murder ballad was is I wanted to have a kind of a, a veil, almost... <laughs> almost a place to hide. I wanted to write songs that 
you know, I'm always going to be the social justice guy. I'm always going to be a guy they say write songs of conscience and whatever they say. I'm political. I can't help it. I don't know. I don't know anybody who writes about anything interesting how they're not political. But I got a little tired of being that guy, you know, that guy at the folk festival that's always in the songs of action workshop or whatever. And I wanted to throw a wrench into that image of mine a bit. And yet, you know, truth be told, the most interesting thing is is that of all the albums I've done now, this is far and away the album that carries within it the most protest, the most direct spirit of protest is, is in this CD. But I've been able to get away with it in a way that I deem acceptable and respectable by couching everything in a murder ballad kind of form. And I also believe that if we can compare courage, moral courage, that is, to a muscle in our body, it's clearly a flabby muscle these days in the Western world. And nothing like an album murder ballads to scare people and so to awaken that muscle again a little bit. We got time for one last long song. I know what you want to end with. This is a song that when I listened to it, this is the one that said, oh, Steve Earl wishes he had sung this song. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Okay. I would trust it in his hands. But he, it's interesting you say that. Steve Earl's audience would have a really hard time with this because it, see, Steve Earl isn't used to being in the unreliable narrator position. You know, he writes a lot of first-person songs, and there's always the voice is generally to be trusted, you know. But this character in this song, Trevor is his name, (laughs) I have a a very scientific background in names, and I have put a lot of thought into names, and like I say, this is irrefutably scientifically provable, that any man whose name starts with two consonants, generally, with few exceptions, is not to be trusted. So we're talking names like Dwayne or Trent or Trevor or Blair, you know. Mark, you're good. You can be trusted. Like I said, this is a very scientific. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And someone named John is good, too, obviously. John's pretty good. Uh, There are, like I said, there are exceptions, but that's a whole other show. And. Throughout this album, you'll find, at least in the songs that are fictionalized, as is this one, all the men's first names tend to start with two consonants. And interestingly, though nobody's, I don't expect anybody to get this, this is one of those little gifts for the real lyric nerd, you know. But in this next song, the last names of all the people are the top 20 Canadian billionaires. Those are their last names. So they're not, they're fictionalized people, of course, but that's the source of their names. But I was saying... It would be wild if Steve Earle did do such a song like this, and it would be interesting to see my audience and how they react to it, because this narrator, Trevor, is not to be trusted. He's, he's unreliable. He's also strangely likable, considering the amount of damage he does. So it's a rampage killing at a workplace. But horrifying as it sounds, we kind of relate to Trevor a little bit, because he's got humor, and he's kind of a literate guy. And... He's right in a sense that he is angry at the state of affairs in the world today. That's not to say that we can abide his over-the-top psychotic actions, but nonetheless, it's a really interesting thing when you can come up with a character that, that is this nuanced. Anyway, 
the only good thing is an old Dodge. It's a workout. And I've always wanted to, I swear this is the reason why I did a murder ballad, because I always wanted to write a song that was 12 and a half minutes long with a death count of 71. I mean, let's face it, too. It's not exactly an event that is on the periphery of our time. These things happen quarter annually now. Yeah. And I don't want people to laugh at it. But at the same time, it's foremost a protest thinly veiled in a murder ballad. The idea came to me from reading, um, you've heard of Joe Stack's letter? I haven't. Joseph Stack is the guy who drove a plane into a building in Austin. Okay, yeah, I remember. Anyway, you know, this character is by no means Joe Stack, but the seed of the song came from his letter that he wrote. He wrote what it is kind of reads like a anarchic manifesto some of which is completely off the rails, illogical, and frankly, not showing signs of completely uh, erudite <laughs> background. But on the other hand, there's other moments where you clench your fist reading it and go, yeah, I hear you, <laughs> you know? So it's one of those songs, too, where I cannot play it early on in the night. I wish I could because it would determine for people whether or not they like me or not right off the bat. Like, if you like this song, we're good. If this one rubs you the wrong way, I wish you knew about it earlier because you could have gone home and caught the rest of the game. I've only played it live a few times, so I still don't even know how it's going to go over. But I personally, I love it. This is, for me, the best moment on the CD. It's a driving, hard song filled with images that are striking and terribly meaningful politically, economically, emotionally. It's got all of that in that. So I want you all to get ready for it as we listen to it. Before I do that, I want to sign off with you, John. You know, John, I love your music. I love what you say, all of the vision and heart that you've got in your music. I want to hear more from you soon. I do hope you come by Eau Claire for bowling or for music or both. I hope so, too. I want to get to Wisconsin in a big way. I've not yet made it there, though. So I look forward to that, seeing you face-to-face. I sense in you a friend. Likewise. Thank you, sir. And thank you for your generosity and time and your really thoughtful questions, and I really appreciate it a lot. And and, and we'll meet. We'll make it to Wisconsin eventually. I have to. I I swear I wrote a lot of these songs for Wisconsin without even knowing it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll look for you here. I'll remind our listeners that there are bonus excerpts, including one more incredible song by John Brooks on the northernspiritradio.org website. Really, you don't want to miss these portions that we had to chop off for the broadcast. We'll take you out for John's Song of the Soul with his epic song, The Only Good Thing is an Old Dog, all 12 minutes of it. Thank you so much, John, for joining us, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. John Brooks, The Only Good Thing is an Old Dog. My name is Trevor So you know it doesn't end well I wrote this song, it'll go to no account Nothing changes without a body count Now, man's life is cheap, as cheap as beasts I drove to the opposite, let go of me A man more sinned against than sinning One Taurus, one Glock, one replica Browning Like me or not, I leave a good story of a busy and the men are all boring and the only good thing the only
gathered in by the dock of shipping receiving all the guys in the back were brown and over 50 they were speaking gooseride drinking brake truck coffee i started with the vaguely overweight nazimi played cricket 10 minutes for his national team i had a second thought but i couldn't abort he died a martyr for his incomprehensible sport on to the lunchroom hunting down slaves why aren't asian women banned from microwaves walking tall down the hall to the office space my posture good i had errol flynn's face with guns out i sang the refrain with I jumped up on a desk Attention was gained I read from Baudrillard's Abel and Cain Race the cane Mount to the skies And down upon the earth Cast God I cry In monastic quiet A woman started praying I said one more thought Before I start spraying I quoted from the underrated Communist creed According ability, according to need Vis-a-vis the capitalist spiritual creed According gullibility, according to greed Is man no more than this? I lamented, but my twin capacity magazine circumvented Any positive answer or timely action The game was up for Customer satisfaction Full of grief as age And wretched in both I shot Bland Blake Howard Square in the throat He got an MBA From some online school And he always took Crosby in the office hockey pool Now, like me or not I leave a good story All the women are busy And the men are all boring to hit the dirt set Dull Drew Wilson and his polo shirt He was dead before I shot him in gormless stasis A eunuch without language only nine his catchphrases The president meant well A real Pollyanna Too dumb to be depressed You can be a top banana All reason and madness All proper deformity I took a selfie in Nonconformity. I threw a fastball into the head of Clay Irving. The pitch did a switch, a pretty cool thing. Ricocheted out his skull into Barb Slate's ass. She made a face like a frog pressed up against glass. I wouldn't have to sing such details, but you won't stop using passive voice and emails. On my way down to hell, I passed the IT guy. He works in IT. 
reality He had to die I took a shot at the elegant Megan Laliberti Disappeared with Brett Shaw Last year's Christmas party 24 inches Of single barrel Aimed at Stephen Miller McCain Her double barreled last name On Dana Chan I showed no compassion Was it a shirt, a skirt A crime against fashion Ladies, ladies When will you comprehend Casual is just another Invention of man Ariel Riddell Went from daddy to hot Only you thought Divorce gets a tot Yoga bod, but her voice Oh my god, oh my god Oh my god, such a sound Warrants mercy by firing Squad, now 58 Dead, hashtag Who's counting 596061 in a counting blow winds crack your cheeks rage I don't want your millions mister just a living wage the only good thing in this life in this life and by your side the only good thing Thing. The only good thing is an old dog. The only good thing, the only good thing, the only good thing is an old dog. I was cheerless, dark, deadly extreme. I danced on down to see the marketing team. Who are the mothers of all demons in the world today? My Taurus blame. I smile down at the interns, Ryder and Brody, thinking what kind of people name their kids Ryder and Brody. I kill the hip, the bearded, the fresh out of school. I teach them how to be kind instead of being cool. Drake Southern had a face like a swollen baboon. Crambazzled by thirst in the early afternoon. I sped up as nihilistic self-destruction like a rational man called it a tax deduction. The corporation is a person baptized by a lot of make shareholders money. Uh, the moral imperative the modern votive say a prayer to mammon and the profit motive. I surveyed the carnage, so rare, so honest. I was John the Revelator's apocalypse promise. A little disappointed, I had to admit. What I dreamt of for months lasted maybe ten minutes. But my moral calculus proved logically valid. This fresh stack of death was in life just as pallid. All these drones, so led by their nose. Not worth the dust which the rude wind blows. Like me or not, I leave a good story all the Women are busy and the men are all boring And the only good thing, the only good thing The only good thing is no dog The only good thing, the only good thing The only good thing is an old dog
spit up on a corpse in a Dior pencil skirt. The intolerable loss so predictably came. The siren sang the opposite of Barbara's Agnes Day. Who is it that can't tell me who I am? Am I a psychopath or a paradoxical man? How high you are, man of stones. Fall to be rebuilt on her bones Darkness is the god of the sunless deep Spawning eyeless creatures to ooze and to creep Darkness is the god of the sunless deep Spawning eyeless creatures to ooze and to creep Life doesn't just need light to survive Twice two's not four Twice two equals five Why did Herostratus burn the temple of Diana? Why did nature spare Bourbon Street in Louisiana? Destruction, death, inevitable end Our nature took Pompeii and Herculaneum Humanity must perforce prey upon itself I regretted just the unread books on my shelf Death's little raven is the Glock slim line Easy on the recall, economic in design It reminded me of my mom, what she said long ago Blacker than the insides of a bruised crow But she named me Trevor theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul